Hello and welcome back to another episode of Chilling with Millie. I first would like to thank those who have been listening to my podcast this whole time. I truly appreciate it. And now it is time to slam right into tonight's or today's topic, serial killer and body snatcher Ed Gein. Ed Gein may not be so notorious amongst the majority like Jeffrey Dahmer or Ted Bundy, but Mr. Ed is certainly just as demented as every serial killer, serial rapist, and serial kidnapper out there. Oh, I almost forgot he is also a grave robber. But here's a little backstory to Mr. Gein. Growing up, he was always dominated by his controlling, fanatically religious mother, Augusta. I feel that having a controlling parent is something many of us can relate to. Only, I don't think we turned out to be serial killers, but we can definitely relate. But his father, on the other hand, his name was George Philip. Mr. George was a prolific tanner, and he was a drunk carpenter most of the time. So already we can sense that his family life was a bit dank. Mr. Gein had a repressive upbringing while growing up on a farm in Wisconsin. They had originally moved to this farm in 1915 because of the mother's wants, and he was basically held prisoner unless he had to go to school. Other than that, he tended to the farm regularly. About 25 years later, his father died, and so did the family support. So Ed Gein and his brother had no other choice than to get jobs, which is something I would never know because I'm afraid to work. But anyway... Skip forward about 25 or 27 years to 1944, the Gein brothers were burning brush on the property and a tragedy occurred when the fire became enraged and engulfed Ed Gein's brother, his name was Henry, and Henry was eventually found dead, but there was speculation that Ed had something to do with his brother's death because of the circumstance in which he died. And who knows? Maybe Ed did kill his brother because maybe Henry was the favorite child because, you know, sibling rivalries can definitely result in injury and death if the other sibling is truly demented and really serious about being the favorite. But I guess we will never truly know. Ed Gein was oddly obsessed with his mother. I say oddly because she was too over-the-top religious and controlling, and I'm not saying that it is wrong to be religious, but the way I understood you know, this whole story to be, was that she allowed her religious beliefs to become so overpowering powering that she began to resent her children's every move that was not made in the name and glory of their God. But Ed Gein was so keen on staying near and dear to his family, specifically his mother, that he never left home, nor did he date. Which is fine, he doesn't have to date, but to never truly leave the house does not sound too healthy. It seems to me that He had like separation anxiety or separation distress, which is where you may become anxious when in the absence of the attachment figure. In this case, it is is his mother. He was like the mama's boy, as we would call it, but his attachment was borderline unhealthy. Well, that's how I understood it. I understood his attachment to be unhealthy because once she died in 1945, he became obsessively and increasingly deranged. He felt left all alone, no friends and no family to rely on. While he was living alone, he developed an interest in anatomy books. And that is never a good sign in cases like this, because normally when that happens, someone turns out to be a killer or overly interested in how the inside of a human looks when split in half. Sort of like how Jack the Ripper was perceived to be. 
But Ed Gein was self-sufficient and supported himself as Bob the Builder, a handyman. And oddly enough, he also became a babysitter, despite his increasingly odd behaviors and mannerisms. This was around the time when the monster inside of him would begin to slowly creep out. And on top of that, there were missing people left and right who had mysteriously disappeared. But it is not really a mystery that they were locked in a box under Ed Gein's bed or something. But who knows? All I know is that it is most likely um, that lonely Mr. Ed was the one who, you know, did that. He was the one who um, was kidnapping people. And guess what? It freaking was Mr. Ed. Because in 1957, in the month of November, a hardware store worker was reported missing. Her name was Bernice Warden. Her son alerted the authorities who were already suspicious of Ed Gein. And so the authorities were sent to Gein's house that night and they decided to search his bed and they were so nicely greeted by Bernice Warden's headless, savagely gutted body dangling upside down by her legs with a crossbar at her ankles and ropes tied around her wrists. Her torso was basically gutted like a deer, but prior to her being gutted, he shot her with a rifle. And then with one look around, you know, around like the, I think they were inside of a shed or house, they found her organs inside of different jars with her very own skull used as a soup bowl. This was also part of why he was called a body snatcher. He would get skulls from graves to use as soup bowls or ashtrays, and he would steal other random body parts. The crazy part of, of that, he um, made a lampshade out of human face skin. He also made some other things like a, a belt made from human nipples, a corset made from a human, uh, a female torso that was skinned from the shoulders to the waist. There were also um, leggings that he made from real human leg skin. He, um, there were masks that he made from female head skin. There was even a waste basket made from human skin and chair and seat coverings made from human skin. He was basically a true and real life Texas Chainsaw Massacre killer. There are actually photos online of these crimes that he committed. It truly is a brutal and sight to see and it's nothing like I've ever seen before. And I have seen um, the crime photos of what Jeffrey Dahmer did, but what Ed Gein has done just rubs me the wrong way. It is, it is just unbelievable and outrageous. His, um, but now skipping forward, to his police apprehension. It seemed pretty easy to arrest him compared to like Albert Fish who was found after like a year because of his letter to Grace Budd. But ultimately in January of 1958, he was found to be unfit to stand trial because his lawyer wanted to enter a plea deal that he was insane. So the judge agreed and had Ed committed to Central State Hospital where he worked as a handyman, a carpenter, a mason, and a medical care aide, which I guess he put his skills to actual use instead of using them to grossly and cruelly gut people. When they finally found him fit to stand trial, they proceeded and he was found guilty for the murder of Miss Warden. They also decided to find him insane at the time of the murder of Miss Warden because, um, it, he was he was insane. It's it's no there's no doubt that he was insane. Um, but what adds to this craziness is that this man was so delusional that he actually began a petition to be released in 1974. 
But could you imagine if they actually went through with it and for some lunatic reason they allowed him to be released? He probably would have met up with Jeffrey Dahmer so that they could become a power couple and kill people like, um, like kill together like Bonnie and Clyde type of situation. I wouldn't even put it past him to do that because Jeffrey Dahmer, I believe, began killing around around the same time of like, what was it, like 1974, 1978. And so um, they would have been the dynamic duo, Gein and Dahmer. I totally would, would love to see that monstrous movie, but that dream is going to have to be smashed because unfortunately, or fortunately, which however you see it, Ed Gein was dying away of cancer and respiratory issues around 74. This bee was burning out and he lasted a good 10 years and, and then he died in 84. This devoted dead mama's boy was put to rest for eternity, but his devilish spirit will forever remain in the minds of those of whom he wronged. But if you want to read more about this, there is a book called Psycho that was strongly influenced by Ed Kine. This book was written by Robert Block, um, B-L-O-C-H. It was written by him in 1959. I believe um, that it was 1959. It could be another year, but I don't know. Uh, but there is also a big screen movie about this grisly telling that is by the same name of Psycho, but it was by Alfred Hitchcock. So if you would like to know more um, than what you have listened to, then you can check that out. But now this podcast must come to an end, but not without a quote. That which does not kill us makes us stronger. Friedrich Nietzsche. But I think Miss Queen Kelly Clarkson said it best in her song, but that is just me. Anyway, thank you to whoever has listened to this podcast um, this far. I appreciate your listening support. Adios, mis amores.